Edinburgh's Royal Mile, its buildings, people and closes. Welcome to my podcast on Edinburgh's Royal Mile. Before we begin, this is a short story of how I personally became interested in Edinburgh's history. I was sleeping rough in the Canongate Kirkyard, or Church Graveyard, when one morning while packing up my sleeping bag, I decided to see whose grave I was sleeping next to. It was a poet by the name of Robert Ferguson. And just as Ferguson's poems had influenced the writer Robbie Burns, learning more about him also influenced me to learn more about the history of Edinburgh and its people, especially the centre of this amazing city. Right in the heart of Edinburgh, with Hollywood Palace and the Scottish Parliament at one end and Edinburgh's famous castle at the other, lies the Royal Mile, birthplace of the city and one of the most iconic streets in the world. Over the coming weeks, we'll be having a brief history of the Royal Mile, looking at its courses, peoples and buildings. First, here is a brief overview of the Mile. The Royal Mile is actually a succession of streets, forming the main thoroughfare of Edinburgh's old town. It runs in a straight line from the castle at the top, right to the gates of Hollywood Palace at the bottom. And though it's called the Royal Mile, it is actually one mile and 107 yards long. It starts at the top with Castle Hill, then comes the Long Market, the High Street, the Canning Gate, and finally Abbey Strand, which leads to the gates of Hollywood Palace. The term Royal Mile was first coined by the author W.M. Gilbert in his book Edinburgh in the 19th Century, which was published in 1901, in which he stated, with its castle and palace and the Royal Mile between. The term was then used as the title of a guidebook, published in 1920, with dozens of small steep courses and winds leading off its main streets, the mile also cuts through and separates the city's north and south bridges. Edinburgh was a fast-growing community in the late 18th century and two bridges were built to facilitate the expansion, Northbridge and Southbridge, known locally as the Bridges. The Southbridge, built to span the Canongate Gorge between the High Street and the growing University on Edinburgh, was on the south side of the city. It was first proposed in 1775, although work did not begin until August 1785. Northbridge, a road bridge and street that links the High Street with Princes Street and the Old Town with the New Town, the current bridge was built between 1894 and 1897. A previous Northbridge, built between 1763 and 1772 stood until it was demolished in 1896. I will be looking in more detail at the bridges at a later date, but for now, back to the Miles Closes. There are over 70 closes running off the Royal Mile. The term close originally meant an alley entrance to a courtyard that comes off a main street and is wide enough to accept a sedan chair. The closes of Edinburgh originally had some kind of gateway at the Royal End, usually a large wooden gate. In some cases you can still see the mounting points for these in the stone. 
At night, these gates would be closed and locked, allowing access only to those with a key. And in many ways, Edinburgh's closes were an early example of gated communities. The closes were usually named after a memorable occupant of one of the apartments of a trade plied by one or more residents. We are starting our tour of the mile at the Castle Esplanade, where there is evidence to suggest that people have been living on Castle Hill for over 7,000 years. And the castle area certainly has been a hillfolk for over 2,000 years. Indeed, the name Edinburgh is derived from the ancient Gaelic Dun Aden, meaning hillfolk on the sloping ridge. This is due to the fact that the castle is built upon the massive castle rock, part of an ancient extinct volcano. The first castle that existed on the rock was known as the Castle of the Maidens, though the reason for this is lost in the mists of time and is unclear. The mile runs down the east shoulder of this once active volcano and this is what gives the mile its distinguished geographical location. Heading down the famous street from the castle, you see the iconic spire of St Giles towering over the Edinburgh skyline and come to what I think is one of the most interesting places in Edinburgh, history-wise, Parliament Square. The square was built on the kirkyard, which is an old Scottish word for graveyard, and it is here one of Scotland's most prolific and influential religious figures, John Knox, is buried under the car park at space number 23. St Giles, also known as Giles the Hermit, was a Greek Christian hermit saint from Athens whose legend is centred in Provence and Setomantania. Giles is famous for founding the abbey in St Gaul's de Gard and his tomb has become a place of pilgrimage. He is patron saint of cripples, lepers, and nursing mothers. St Giles was built in 1359 and at the time of the Reformation it had four congregations, the New Church, the Old Church, the Tollbooth and Haddold Hall Church. Then when Charles I founded Edinburgh's bishopric in 1633 he cleaned it out creating one congregation. One of the first things you see on entering the square are brass plates in the cobbles. These signify the site of the old Tollbooth. This was founded in 1124. Then the 400 year old building was demolished in 1817, having served as a booth for collecting tolls, a council chamber, a courthouse and a prison. The square is also where you'll find the Meerkat Cross which was a central meeting place for the people of Edinburgh, where royal proclamations and official announcements were read. The cross was also used as an auction platform for selling livestock and goods. The original cross was built in the 14th century. Then, in 1647, the cross was moved just yards further down the high street. There was an octagon marked in the pavement to show where it stood. It stayed here until it was dismantled in 1756. A replica monument now stands at the original site of the cross, erected in 1882, 
A plaque on it reads, Erected in the memory of the old Murkow Cross of Edinburgh, which stood at the drum, the drum house in Gilmerton, from 1756 to 1866. This monument was erected November 1882. At the back of the square you'll find Parliament House, built in 1641. It was used by the Scottish Parliament until the Treaty of Union in 1707, when all political power was transformed to London. The oldest part of Parliament House is Parliament Hall, which the Town Council of Edinburgh, at its own expense, had built as a permanent home for the Parliament of Scotland, and as such is the oldest surviving purpose-built parliamentary building in the British Isles. It was completed in 1639 on the design of James Murray, a Scottish master writer and architect. In fact, Murray was one of the first men in Scotland to be called architect. It has a dramatic hammer beam roof, constructed of oak from the Balgoni and Colcross forests of Fife, thought to be the hardest and most durable in Scotland during that period. The roof of the former Corn Church, further down the High Street, is similar, and the roof of New Scottish Parliament building continues this tradition, and this is supported by large laminate oak beams. After the Act of Union in 1707, the Parliament of Scotland was suspended, and the building ceased to be used for its original function. Though the hall then went on to be used for the sitting of courts, but in recent times it has been subject to restoration and now remains open as a meeting place for lawyers. The Signet Library is probably the most famous, which is also part of the old Parliament House building complex, was started in 1810 and finished in 1822, just in time for George IV's visit to Edinburgh. It was home to the Society of Writers to Her Majesty's Signet, or WS Society, for short. The Society can trace its origins back to the 15th century as the officers authorised to produce royal manuscripts with the seal of the Scottish rulers, the Signet. Parliament Square also has three statues situated in it. The Duke of Blecourt, Walter Francis Montague Douglas Scott, who was born in 1806 and died in 1884, was a great Scottish land magnate. Blecourt was a conservative in politics and was created a Knight of the Garter in 1835 and Privy Councillor in 1842. He served as Lord Privy Seal and Lord President of the Council of Sir Robert Peel's Conservative Government, when he reluctantly supported Peel's decision to repeal the Corn Laws. The second statue is of King Charles II, 1630-1685. This statue, erected after his death in 1685, is the oldest lead-cast statue in Britain. When you look at it, the king's horse looks a bit on the fat side. This is because the horse's stomach is meant to act as a vacuum to stop water leaking out, but it doesn't always work and is a small hole located in the most inappropriate place. And if you're lucky to be at the statue after a big rain shower, the horse will appear to be urinating. The last statue is that of James Braidwood, 1800 to 1861. 
Braidwood is recognised as founder of the world's first municipal fire service right here in Edinburgh in 1824. There is a brass plaque attached to the statue that reads James Braidwood, 1800-1861, father of the British Fire Service. This statue is dedicated to the memory of James Braidwood, a pioneer of the scientific approach to firefighting. It also recognises the courage and sacrifice of firefighters, not only in the Lorien and Borders Fire and Rescue Service, but all over the world, and I think is a fitting tribute. Well, that concludes Edinburgh's Parliament Square, my first podcast in this series on the Royal Mile. I hope you found it as interesting as I did and will continue to listen to the rest of the series. In part two, we'll be talking about Anchors Close, Bishops Close and Brodie's Close. So till next time, Lang me along reap.